Some of us didn't do quite so bad. Is that right, Chance? The reality of our society, our culture, our environment, life in general, is there are so many challenges. There are so many challenges, so many problems in this world and things that affect us. Um, life is full of so many hardships, not all at one time. Now, sometimes they can uh, double up on you and overwhelm you. But I think that most of us here have lived long enough, all of us adults, that we would agree and we would affirm that uh, we've had our share of hardships. Anybody besides me had your share of hardships? And it would be okay with you if you were done with hardships and pain and disappointments, afflictions and trials and tests, etc. And of course, because there are so many problems and there's so much pain uh, in this world and things that affect us, that afflict us, that try us, that tempt us, that stress us out, because of these things, there's that tendency in all of us to become discouraged. Now, I want to ask you, and I may engage you a little bit, because I want you to participate in what we're doing, what we're talking about, okay? I want you to help us to reciprocate, all right, what we're trying to share and get us all to really think and answer this question, have you personally ever been unquestionably discouraged? I'll be the first to raise my hand. I have been discouraged. So the reality is, and I believe this, this is an observation, that everyone at some point, at some time, will face, will experience discouragement. Anybody? On so many different levels. Some of us got discouraged last night. We got so discouraged we couldn't even hit the ball. <laughs> we wanted to quit, but we couldn't. <laughs> And we weren't being paid either. But we were there because we, we enjoy the game. We enjoy the fellowship, the camaraderie, the competition. Um, and we support the team. But there is that tendency to become discouraged. The Lord understands us. He knows what we face what we feel even. And we read in the scripture, Numbers chapter 21, I hope I'm not going too slow for you. I hope that you'll just kind of come in a little bit closer and let's kind of get face to face here for a few moments. And let's just talk. Let's just get personal. Numbers 21 verse 4, the people became discouraged with the journey. The journey was so long and there were challenges. It wasn't an easy street. Because of this journey, there were things that they wanted, demanded, expected, maybe felt entitled to, didn't get them, at least initially. And they became discouraged. Numbers 21 and 4 gives reference to that. And so, as I begin to think and just kind of, of evaluate or assess or just recall and remember, just kind of look back even over my life and over the lives of others, I realized that circumstances can discourage you. 
Your own feelings can discourage you. Your thinking, your perceptions, your beliefs, words and actions of other people, Brother Mario, words and the actions of other people can actually discourage you. You've heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. How many has disproved that? Because words can hurt you. Death and life are in the power of words, the tongue, the power of the tongue, the language, what is spoken, right? And it may not hurt you physically, but it could hurt your credibility or your reputation. It can discourage you. Do you understand? So words and actions of others can discourage you. Discouraging, or, or discouragement rather, can actually become very, very devastating. There are people in our world who are uh, quote-unquote Without a home, a house, they live wherever they can. They sleep wherever they can. Circumstances, words and actions of others and decisions that they have made. They tried to cope. They weren't doing well. One decision, bad decision led to another and it just uh, it grew worse and they became discouraged with life, people commit suicide, people take medication because they're just discouraged, they're depressed, um, and they look for ways to cope, to escape, to get away, uh, to relieve them of this feeling that overwhelms them, this feeling of depression and despair, hopelessness, discouragement. So, Yes, it can actually be quite devastating. It can also lead to diversion, deviation. It can lead to destruction. It can lead to a lot of horrible things. It doesn't have to. It's not always the problem that's the problem. Sometimes your response to the problem can actually be worse than the problem itself. We all have problems. We'll all face challenges. We'll all have our share of giants. There'll be times where we are challenged and opposed. Those things aren't the problem. The problem is how are we going to respond to those issues? In my opinion, I read a verse today. And I concluded, at least for now, that the toughest form of discouragement is when it comes from within. The toughest form of discouragement, or the toughest type of discouragement, is the discouragement that comes from within. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 28, the people said, our brethren have discouraged our heart. Think about that. Our brethren have discouraged our heart. I was talking to some folks in Ocala, Florida. I believe it was Friday night. I was preaching in the church where they attend and To the best of my knowledge and recollection, as they told the story and as I heard bits and pieces, long story short is I was preaching there. We were having a weekend revival, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was preaching. I guess they thought I was an evangelist, but sometimes you have to do the work of an evangelist. So I, anyway, I was there preaching, and there was a lady in the back, she had been brought in on a bed, one of those 
beds, I guess the convalescent service had brought her in a bed, and she was in the back of the church, and um, usually if I see someone that's uh, hurting, suffering, afflicted in some way, I'll, I'll usually go to them and try to talk to them, comfort them, pray for them, encourage them. But uh, I looked at her and didn't feel to do that at that particular time. So I went ahead and, you know, just engaged in the service and was preaching. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord just moved on me and I began to prophesy. And I know it was the Spirit of prophecy. And I began to speak things that I didn't even fully understand. But again, I began to speak them by the Spirit of God. And uh, lo and behold, they actually came to pass in that service. And uh, this is... This is the end of the story. Um, the lady that was in that bed was uh, very sick. I think she may have had cancer or something. And I was told that she had been away from the Lord for many years. She had uh, been discouraged, been hurt, been offended. Uh, we'll just leave it at this. She was discouraged. And she no longer fellowshiped. She was no longer part of the fellowship. Uh, so she was away for quite some time. But her son and her daughter, I believe, was there at that time. They done everything in their power to get her back into the house of God. We're having a revival this weekend. We want you to come. And they brought her there to be healed. They brought her there to be healed. And they were encouraging her. Come to church. God's going to do something for you. Well, when I got done preaching, it was a powerful service. The Spirit of the Lord was moving. People were responding to the Lord. And, um, and I, I seen them back there praying for her. And I'm thinking, well, they, they're taking care of that. Um, you know, either they'll uh, you know, lay hands on her, she'll be healed, or they'll raise her up. Something, you know, something supernatural. Just a faith-filled service. And so a few minutes later, you know, people were receiving the Holy Ghost. A few minutes later, they came to me, and the, and, uh, the pastor did. And he says, uh, Brother, um, don't be uh, alarmed right now, but the lady in the back uh, just died. And I said, <clears throat> um, what was that? Did you? Yeah, she just, uh, she just passed away. So, but just keep on, you know. And just let's just keep it together. <laughs> it was kind of hard after that, you know. Word spreads pretty quickly when you're dealing with 60 people in a little small uh, church. <laughs> and uh, But that's what happened. Uh, but the pastor told me, he says, brother, this is an, an unbelievable miracle. He told me some of the things, you know, she had been away from the Lord. She had been discouraged for so many years and uh, disappointed distrusting, no longer trusted the church, but somebody encouraged her to come to church one more time. And she forgave the people. And she received the forgiveness and the mercy and the peace of God. And she prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. And she, when she was done speaking in tongues, she exhaled and she expired. Her life, physical life, was over. She was in that predicament because she was discouraged discouraged by people, circumstances. So discouragement can actually be very destructive, very devastating. And the Lord understands that. She wasn't discouraged by the world. She wasn't discouraged by the president. She wasn't discouraged by government or politics. She was discouraged in the house of the Lord. In Deuteronomy 1.28, I read it earlier, our brethren have discouraged our heart. They were doing things and saying things that were contrary to faith. And it affected us. It affected us in the form of fear. And we felt like, well, it's just not doable. We can't attain it. It's just too hard, etc. But there are many other variables and circumstances and things that happen may not be exactly like this situation, but the reality is we can be discouraged and still go to church. 
Anybody beside me ever been there? You're discouraged, but you keep coming to the house of God. Why? Because this is where I get encouragement. I don't get encouragement when I stay home. I don't get encouragement when I turn on the news. But I do get encouragement when I can look up and see the Lord. When I can behold the Lord. When I can lift my eyes into the hills and know that my help still comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the banker. It doesn't come from the attorney. My help and your help, ladies and gentlemen, still comes from the Lord. He is the sovereign God and he rules over heaven and earth and he is God. And so our help comes from him. And that help comes in the form sometimes of encouragement. God d does want his people to be encouraged. Someone say encouraged. In fact, in Deuteronomy 1.21, the Lord, it's recorded here. He said, look at the last few verses or few words rather. He says, Fear not, neither be discouraged. That tells me that God understands. He knows how likely it is for us to become discouraged. And he's sending a word so that we would not give place to fear and discouragement. Because some, sometimes if we remain discouraged... We can become defeated in our own minds and feel like we just can't do it, like we just can't win. I'm sure there are people uh, in the uh, fighting world, the boxing world, when they're in that ring and they're competing against someone, I'm sure there are those that have been hit so hard that it discouraged them. And because they were discouraged in their minds, it did not matter what you said. They lost their momentum. They, they lost their zeal and their determination to keep fighting with the chance, with the, the idea that I could really win. You see, discouragement can really mess you up. I remember... Mike Tyson years ago, he was, I believe, the youngest world heavyweight champion, the heavyweight champion of the world, uh, the youngest man ever to be world heavyweight champion. Um, and I remember watching him years ago, and he was knocking everybody out. He was knocking everybody out. Some of you, you've seen the clips of Mike. <laughs> Iron Mike, they called him. Well, he went through some things in his personal life, his family situation, and he lost his trainer, his number one trainer, was an older man, his trainer died, and the very next fight, and I found this out, the very next fight I watched, I was there watching, and when, when Tyson got into the ring that night, he had some problems at home. His trainer just died, and he got into the ring, and he had the ability, but he was discouraged, and he wasn't even thinking right. He, he wasn't feeling right. He wasn't focused. He didn't have that determination. He was already defeated because he was so discouraged, and he didn't even hardly fight back. Now, he had the ability to knock that guy out. He didn't lose his ability. He just couldn't utilize his ability because he was discouraged. And the man just pulverized him, just beat him. I was like, what in the world? Come on, Mike. The power of discouragement. It can be detrimental. It can cause you to lose battles. That's right. The Lord knew this. In fact, this... It may not shock you, but uh, here's a reminder. The Bible even says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be 
discouraged. Oh, well, I'm dad. I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. No. You may do what you want anyhow, but you're not authorized to do anything you want, even though people do. People use fear. People abuse. We live in an abusive world. Parents abuse children all the time. It's common. But yet they think it's okay because that's how they were raised. That's how they were brought up. That doesn't make it right. And uh, don't you just hate to hear the response, well, that's just how I am. That's just how I was raised. That's, that's pitiful. But aren't we glad that God is gracious and kind and he's willing to work with us until we can see him and realize that we have a long ways to go in becoming like him. And I found it very interesting that the, the, the man of God said, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged, lest, they be, lest you break their spirit, lest you extinguish their dream and their zeal to do what's right, their dream, lest they become disheartened or dismayed. Don't do that. Discipline should be the expression of love, not hate. Do you understand that? Are there any fathers here? Anybody? You're a father, a grandfather. You're a father figure. Understand this. God wants to teach you this. God wants us to understand who he is and the kind of father he is. And we should seek to be like him. Discipline is Bible. But you can go too far. You can abuse your kids verbally. And you can mess them up through what you say and how you say it, how you treat them. And if you raise a kid and that kid develops a mentality because of the way he's been treated, and he develops a mentality that he's a piece of trash, that he's a nothing and a nobody, Daddy, you have made some terrible mistakes. If anybody builds up children, it should be a father. A godly man. Hallelujah. If anybody encourages the children, it should be dad. Come on, it should be parents. We, we, we shouldn't just bring our kids to church just so that the church can encourage them, but we as individuals need to become like the Lord and learn how to encourage our own. Someone say, praise God. I want to learn how to encourage those that I'm responsible We all get discouraged, and on the other hand, we all need to be encouraged in the Lord, in the Word. We all need to be encouraged. And the word encourage means to inspire with courage, to give confidence and hope, to motivate by assistance, affirmation, or approval, to promote, support, or strengthen. Tell someone close by, everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Now, some need more than others. Some are very needy. There are some people, if you don't acknowledge them and affirm them and call them and check on them, they're going to be discouraged and, and you know, <laughs> they're gone. So some people require more than others. We were that way, too, at one time. But now we're the Wednesday night. <laughs> Praise God. We're not just needy, but we're also helping to meet the needs of others. Praise God. So from the least to the greatest, we all need encouragement. And I believe that one of the reasons why I'm sharing these things here tonight is because God wants you and I as members of his team, to become like him and learn how to encourage people. Not just learn how to get results. Because you can be a dictator and a tyrant and get results. But those results won't last. And they'll have resentment in their heart. But God wants to raise up people to be like him and to encourage others the way 
he wants them to be encouraged. The men that followed David in 1 Samuel chapter 30 became very distressed and they were very discouraged. But they were not by themselves because David was discouraged too. Their leader was discouraged. David didn't have anybody to come to his aid and encourage him. So what does the Bible tell us he did? The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes there's nobody that will call you, that will come to your aid. Because they're all looking to you for encouragement, looking to you for direction, looking to you for the answer, the solution, the remedy. But I want to tell you this, the people who encourage the most are the people who need the most encouragement. It may not come from the majority, but God will make sure that that person receives encouragement hallelujah praise God and because David encouraged himself in the Lord he was able to rally those people yes they were distressed yes they were discouraged but they got up they dried away the tears they put on their armor and they followed their leader because their leader was encouraged in the Lord. He got his faith back. He got his focus back. He knew where he was supposed to go and what he was supposed to do. And their uh, confidence in him was elevated and raised again. I'm so glad. Hallelujah for people like that. That will understand that David isn't just a leader. He's a man. He's a person. He's a human being. He has problems just like all of us. There's no superstars. There's no giants in the Lord's camp. The giants that are referred to in the Bible are always the adversary. The ones we're supposed to be fighting. You see, God doesn't want giants in His church. He wants people. People to be real. People to be transparent. People to be honest. Huh? People to say, I'm not perfect. I've fallen, I've failed, I've made mistakes. Things have happened to me. I've done things, whatever. And just be real with God. God can help people like that. Praise God. So we see the result of David being encouraged in the Lord. He was able to encourage and re-inspire the people so that they would get their courage and confidence back and go and take back what the enemy had taken from them. And we as Christians and ministers need to make sure that we not only encourage ourselves in the Lord if need be, but we also realize that we need to be an encourager of others. Praise God. We don't just need to make it by ourselves. We need to do our best to help somebody else make it also. Praise God. How many wants to be like that? Amen. I really do. I really do. Praise God. Of course, we, through the help of the Lord, can make a difference. Uh, salt and light is not just something the world needs. Salt and light is also what the church needs. Because in the church, there is people. Just look around. We're just people. We're just people. We live in the same world. We have the same problems. The only difference is we have a better solution. We have the cure. <laughs> but we do live in the same world. It's inescapable. It's inevitable. We're going to have problems, right? We're going to have our share of problems. My, my. But I want you to listen for just a, just a moment. Just for a moment here. I don't have a lot of time. I ask some men of God. Today, actually, uh, I loved and appreciated so much their responses. And I asked them, I said, Brother so and so, and you know some of these men, at, at least uh, uh, if you've been to conferences and camps and you've been around UPC uh, quite some time, I could say the names of these individuals and you would recognize them. You've heard them preach, you've saw them, uh, you've 
heard messages by them for many years. So I kind of just asked a host of them just one simple question. The question was, what are some things that have encouraged you as a man and as a minister? Now, I wish I was kind of at the dining room table just having a conversation. I, I want to talk to you right now. And, and, I was t- and I know these men. I, know, I don't just know of them. I know them. They know me. And, um, and so I'm asking this question. What are some things that encouraged you as a man and as a minister? Let me just share some things uh, with you here tonight. One minister said, the sense of accomplishment when you hear from God and deliver it and others catch it. Here's another response. I know you're not going to write these things down, but I'm just going to share a few of them. I wish I could name some of these men. (laughs) One brother said, now this is uh, kind of a, what we would call world-famous preacher. (laughs) He's known all over the world. I said, what are some things that encourage you as a minister? He said, people getting the Holy Ghost. People showing up for work day. (laughs) People showing up for work day. That's a good one, Brother Morgan. That encourages you when people show up and you don't have to ride the lawnmower and do the weeding and blowing all by yourself. Really good church, he says. No phone calls at all. Don't call the pastor days, weeks. <laughs> I said high five. He also said fishing with this dude from the other coast, but uh, we'll move on. Another uh, prominent minister responded and said, I think the biggest thing is seeing signs of progress in church members. And the church itself sometimes, uh, we're our, our let me just uh, kind of fumble through this and figure out what he's trying to say here. As a pastor, he, he tends to look for the finished product, but he realizes you just have to watch for little signs of growth. That was his response. Here's another one. What are some things that encourage you? My family, my family in the church, ministering and helping. Saints, when they are faithful. Sinners who want to become faithful saints. These are the things that encourage. One elder said, revival encourages me. Unfortunately, I don't see much revival, so it's hard. So like David, I must continue to delight myself in the Lord. (laughs) Send me your notes. (laughs) All right. Can I, can I go on? Can I say a few more? Are you still, you still with me? Okay, all right. Here, here's some more. What encourages you? Mostly elder ministers expressing their belief in me. Seeing fruits of my efforts as well, but of course that takes time. Bear with me. To hear preaching, hear testimonies, clinging to the scripture, these are things that they said. A well-known evangelist said, besides the obvious praying and reading, I would say I'm mostly encouraged when I pray early and when I listen or watch preaching online at night. Books on discipline encourage me. Phone calls from elders, seeing my kids quote a scripture. Another well-known man of God says, unexpected notes or texts. You'd probably pay more attention if I told you who actually said this. (laughs) Unexpected notes or texts stating that the person is praying for me or or they were blessed by a message. That's what the preacher said. Another preacher said, faithfulness in the church, kindness, personal support, 
and volunteers. You know, you know, what, you know what encourages a man of God or a leader? Volunteers. <laughs> Would you high-five somebody and tell them, that's me. That's me. I was born to volunteer. Praise God. I'm an encourager. Yes, sir. When I show up, I just bring encouragement with me. Amen. We're having an encouraging time right now because you're here. High five yourself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Amen. <laughs> uh, there may be some more, but I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Just think with me. You know, Lord, I, I need encouragement. And I'm realizing that others need encouragement, including the ministry, the man of God, the woman of God, the, the spiritual mothers and the fathers. Even my brothers need encouragement. My peers aren't doing okay. They need to be encouraged too. So not only do you need encouragement, but everybody around you needs to be encouraged. They may be smiling. They may have their hands lifted, but they may be discouraged, and they may be hurting, and they may be suffering. And so we've got to come to the aid of our brother and sister and realize that they need encouragement. Even when they sound good, even when they look good, and when they smell good, the fact of the matter is they're human beings. They're not just members of the body of Christ. They're not just ministers, but they're people. And because of our humanity, we have need. And we need each other. Praise God. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. We then that are strong. Not necessarily those who think they're strong. But strong in biblical context. Spiritually competent and capable. And confident. Right? In other words, you're... You're all right. Now, I've seen people who are powerful, but they're not strong. I know gifted people who are not strong. Do, do you understand there's a difference? There's a difference between being gifted and being strong in the Lord. Notice he different, differentiates between being strong in the Lord and being strong in the power of his might. You could be very powerful in the Spiritual dimension as far as gifts and ministry, but be very spiritually weak and deficient and passive and lazy and carnal. I know carnal people who have miracles in their ministry, but they're very carnal. They're not spiritually strong. They're very carnal. And uh, we learned this, some of this from Billy Cole years ago. And he realized that he could be mightily used of God, but if he wanted to be saved, he had to have a relationship with God. Because you can operate in faith and all the gifts, and, and you can learn. You can learn to give yourself to God and to function and do the work of the ministry and yet not have an intimate uh, relationship with any depth to it with the Lord. He realized that. And the Lord taught him that, and, of course, he shared it with us. But it says, we then that are strong ought to bear, support, carry the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So I've come here tonight not to just have church, but to be a blessing, to be an encourager to you. I want to encourage you in prayer. I want to encourage you to be faithful to God. I want to encourage you to support what God is supporting. I want to encourage you to stay unified with the body of Christ. I want to, amen, encourage you to be what God is for. Support what God is for. If God be for who? If God be for us. And if God is for us, then we need to be for us. Jesus even says, I think you'll find this in Luke maybe chapter 15. He that, now you may have to help me here. Um, he that is not with me, understand what the word with means. He that is not with me is against me. Okay, right? And then he concludes by saying, He that gathereth not with me scattereth. 
So you're going to find that even in the church. He didn't say that to the world. He said that to his people. He says, somebody just repeat what I, what I just said. He, what did he say? He that is not with me is against me. And then he says, he that gathereth not with me scattereth. So what you're doing can either gather or scatter. What you're doing, what you're saying, and how you're doing it, how you're saying it can either help or hinder. Huh? Either encourage or discourage. And I think everybody in here would raise your hand and say, I want to be a gatherer, not a scatterer. I want to work with God. God's all about building the church, and the church consists of people. That means even when you make a mistake, we're going to try our best to help you. Do you understand that? Even when you fall down, even when you do something stupid, we're going to try our best to help you because that's what God wants to do. When you say something dumb, when you mishandle a person or a situation and you make a wreck of it, you know, yeah, we want to just, you know, and call you names and stuff. That's what we want to do in our flesh, of course, you know. <laughs> like you know better. We, we want to act out like that, you know. But sometimes we've we got to be very, very careful how we respond to our brother. And we've we got to realize that our brother and, and sister, they're, they're the offspring of God. They're not dogs. You, you, you know, I grew up where dad used to take the dog's nose and rub it in the, just rub the dog's nose in it. You don't treat people that way. It's not the will of God for you to rub their nose in it. Because if you do, one day someone's going to rub your nose in it. And it may not be in the church, it may be in the world, and they're going to be a little rougher with you. That's right. And if God's been merciful to you, then you are to be an extension of God's mercy. If God's been kind to you and has forgiven you, you should be encouraged to extend likewise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone say, he didn't have to do it, but he did. My God, he did not have to do it, but he did. He did not have to forgive me, but he's good. He's God. He's merciful. He wants me to make it. And he wants you and I to help others make it. Consider the people in the Bible that God used. Oh, my gosh. We would never use, they would never, never be on our platform. Are you kidding me? Oh, because we don't forget stuff. <laughs> we don't forget stuff. We're like, oh, yeah, I love brother so-and-so. He sings so good. He preaches so good. He's awesome. He lives for God. And then you hear some person out in the church, oh, yeah, you talking about what's the name? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember back in the day when he used to be, you know, smoking that, that stuff, and he was selling, and, he, you know, he was a gangster, and he was a thug. I'm like, who gave you the right to reopen a closed case? Huh? Your fingerprints are now on that, so you're going to get judged for his sin. Unwise you are to do such a thing. Don't discredit somebody who God has forgiven. And if God has raised them, and if God has put encouragers in their life, don't do or say anything that will discredit them. Come on, yesterday's gone. Today's a new day. And you and I ought to be thanking God that he's been good and merciful to us. Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side wanting us to make it, extending mercy, we would not be here. God could have let the enemy destroy us, but he didn't. Somebody ought to praise the Lord because he saved us. And we're still in the house of God today. Whew. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. Building up growth, encouragement. And there's going to be a time where you need such things. There's going to be a time where you're not strong. This is just a prediction. There's going to be times where you may not be strong and you need someone else to come and help you, support you. There's times that you're on the top and you're in the mountain, but there's times where you're way in the valley and you feel destitute and you need somebody to come to your aid. 
Can we lift our hands for just a moment? I only got a few more minutes. My God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We, my God, we want to be encouragers. Praise God. What does encouragement communicate and demonstrate? It communicates that we care, that God cares. If you're still breathing, amen, God hasn't given up on you. What does encouragement communicate? It communicates we believe. We want you to succeed. We want you to win. That's what it means. You know, a child, a child could do much better. He could perform better. It's in him, but he just don't know it. He just needs a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> a little bit of encouragement can go actually a long way. And we all need it. And, and here's just a little piece of advice. As a minister, as a leader, as a Christian, try to resist the urge to be superficial. And flatter people. Try, try to avoid that. that that's so, the, the fluff, the superficiality is so artificial, so fake. You've heard it. We, we've probably done it. We've probably heard people. We've even, you know, we've been the recipient of such flattery. I know sometimes it's all good intention, but sometimes it is hypocrisy. Sometimes it is very superficial. So I think we need to mature in the, in the Lord and just be real. Hmm? Encouragement doesn't mean you make everybody feel good. Huh? Because if I encourage you to join the gym, that's not going to feel good. If you encourage me to go on a diet, that's not good as far as my feelings is concerned. <laughs> but you encourage them to do what's right. Is that, is that good? <laughs> hey, son, eat more greens. Finish your spinach. Eat more than just rice and beans and chicken. Huh? Throw some ochre in the plate. That's right. Encourage them. Does that make sense? All right, let me wind down here. I hope I'm not boring you. I really hope I'm not boring you tonight. People need real encouragement. People need to know that they're loved. That's right. Brother Chance, would you come here? Come here, son. Come here, brother. Brother Chance, you can come up here. It's all right. Look at this. He didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> Brother Chance, Brother Chance. His last name is Broom, all right? That's not his calling or, or ministry, but it could involve, you know, Broom, you know, the servant and stuff. We all know how to work a broom. But anyway, this young man here, um, he loves God, he loves the church. Had the Holy Ghost for what, all your life? Born? How long have you been with us, Brother Chance? About a year and a half. About a year and a half. Came from Mississippi, is that right? What city? Columbia, Columbia Mississippi. Brother Carney? Brother Carney. Some of you may know him. Uh, great pastor there, great church. Brother Chance. Now, just kind of give me some yes or no, but just simple uh, answers. Be honest. Uh, now, you come from Mississippi. You come to this multicultural, diverse, uh, you know, ethnic groups everywhere, and, and you've come to this church. Have you been encouraged in the Lord since you've been here? Could you tell me at least one or two things that have encouraged you since you've been here? Uh, what's encouraged me the most probably is the fact that Every Saturday, day in, week in and week out, there is a ministry going on in the park, thanks to Brother Pete. Um, we did it a little in Mississippi, but it wasn't consistent. Um, but the fact that y'all have a ministry, well, we, because I'm, I'm here now. So the fact that we have a ministry here that does pour into those lives week in and week out, that's, that's really encouraging. Awesome. Praise God. Anything else? How about anything in the services? Anything in the services? Do you like any of the people? Do they like you? Do you have any friends here? Huh? So good relationships help encourage you, right? A pat on the back every once in a while. I love you, man. A high five. I believe in you. Huh? So fellowship encourages you. 
it encourages me too. God bless you. We're better off in the house of God. Let's let's stand together. I, I, I'm out of time. I'm not sure if you're out of you know mental focus and capacity, but we're about out of time here. Deuteronomy chapter number one. Please don't be weary and well doing. That's not what that verse says, but you're doing well by hanging in there. <laughs> Enduring to the end. We're almost done. Um, someone, if someone's available, you can come help me with a keyboard. We'll close here in just a second. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number one, verse 38, but Joshua, the son of Nun, someone say the young man. The young man, the son of Nun, not N-O-N-E, but N-U-N. Which standeth before thee, he stands before thee, Moses. He shall go in hither, encourage him. Brother Garza, you see, Brother Najee, you're not just here to be encouraged, but you're also here to be an encourager. That's right. You're qualified. Sister Carmona, you're, you're an encourager. Sister Carlene, she, she's a woman of faith, a woman of prayer, loves God, puts God first. That's encouraging. She, encourage, she encourages so many people. Hallelujah. In church and out of church. He said, encourage that young man. Because that young man, I want to go ahead and reveal it to you. He's going to cause Israel to inherit the land. He's going to go further than you, Moses. Moses could have got, a, could have got an attitude like, Moses. thought it was all about me and my ministry. You mean i got to encourage him and he's going to go further? I'm going this far and you're going to take them this far through this guy? Yes. That's how it works. From father to son. Hallelujah. That's how it works. Deuteronomy 3 again. But charge Joshua and encourage him. Deuteronomy 3.28. And strengthen him. He's telling Moses, the old man. He says, hey Moses. That young man over there. Been carrying your suitcase. huh? Got his backpack with the two stone tables. You know, he's, he's, he's over because he's carrying your stuff all the time. He said, encourage him, strengthen him, support him. I've got a calling. I've got a ministry. I've got a purpose for him. Moses, it's, it's never been about you, but it involved you. You have your part. You have your role, your responsibility. But realize, i got a bigger plan. I've used you, and I'm getting ready to put my hand on somebody else, and I need you to put your hand on them. I'm getting ready to take it to the next level, and I need you to encourage that young man. Praise God. I'm speaking to Moses. I'm speaking to elders. I'm speaking to fathers. I'm speaking to mothers. Praise God. You don't have to be an old man or lady to be a father and to be a mother to somebody. Praise God. You can start at home with your own family. And, and let me just say this. In Exodus, we read about a time that Israel was going to battle with the Amalekites. Am I saying that right? Amalekites or Amalekites? Amalek. Yeah, the children of Amalek. Exodus chapter 17. And so Moses said, I'm going to be here on the mountain. Aaron and Hur went up with Moses. And he, and he charged Joshua, that young man. He said, Joshua, lead the battle. Go down there and take care of business. And I'm going to be watching over you. And I want you to lead this army. My God is covering. Moses had a rod in his hand. The rod of God had the rod. It was more than just Moses' hands. He had a rod in his hand. Representing the Lord and the law of God. And 
the provision of God and the covenant of God, the presence of God, the power of God. But while Moses was there, his hands got heavy and that rod lowered. And the Bible says, you can read it, that when his hands fell, the enemy began to beat up on Israel. But there were some men there. You see, we're not just for Moses, we're for the whole team. And the reason why we're helping Moses out because everybody's looking to Moses. We're not going to tear Moses down because Moses affects a lot. So what we're going to do, we're going to get a rock. The Bible says they went and got this stone and they sat it down. They said, Moses, we know you're tired. We know you're old. We understand. You're a human being. Sit right here. And Moses sat down on that rock. And whenever his hands got heavy from holding that rod, he had one man on the right, one man on the left, and they lifted his hands. And whenever they encouraged, that means they supported him. They encouraged him. Keep those hands up. Come on. The people have got to see you. They've got to see the rod of God elevated. Hallelujah. They can't see God, but they can see you. They can't hear his voice, but they can hear you looking to you and so they lifted up his hands and when his hands were lifted up the Bible says that Israel prevailed against them so not only does Joshua need encouragement from the elder the elder needs encouragement from the younger from those who are strong and believe in what God is doing can we lift our hands right now and just speak to the Lord tonight God wants you to be encouraged and he wants you to be an encourager. Hallelujah. 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 That's right. That's right. God's put you here. And God has people placed in your life to encourage you. And to remind you that you're not just a recipient. But you're also a reciprocator. You're also a giver. I'm going to give. I'm going to bless I'm going to support. I'm going to, amen, I'm going to unify. Hallelujah. Because this is what God's doing. This is what God's building. God's doing it here. He's called me here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to be a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to encourage my brother, whether they be young, whether they're my peer, or whether they're my elder. Everybody needs to be encouraged. Everybody needs to be provoked unto love and unto, unto good works. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. Oh, my, 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 my. We've got to realize that there's some Gideons in our world and there's some Gideon mentality even in the church. Intimidated, inferior, and discouraged. And if you notice in the Scripture... Everybody was discouraged in Gideon's camp, his family, his peers, his elders. So God said, I'm going to come myself. And the angel of the Lord came down and said to Gideon, the Lord is with you. Before you find out who you are, you need to listen to who he says he is and where he is. The Lord is with you. Thou mighty man of valor. We know that Gideon began to question, challenge the words of the angel. But at the end of the day, the discouraged man was encouraged in the Lord and answered the call of God and was used of God. And we hear about it today. The testimony of how God came to a discouraged man, encouraged him, and the result was the people of God were delivered. You see the effects? You see the effects of a person who has been encouraged? You may not be the center of attention. You may not have the spotlight. It doesn't matter. It's all about who God is and what God's doing. He can use whoever he wants to use. I'm just glad to be a part of the family. Hallelujah. And if Gideon needs to be encouraged, you need to realize that there's people in this church right now 
that need to be encouraged because of what they're facing and what they're feeling and what they're thinking. So for the next few moments, let's just reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And maybe draw near with someone, get close to someone. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. Maybe you just need to encourage yourself in the Lord right now. But you can, you can take liberty. Listen, listen, listen. This is not mandatory. I'm just trying to encourage you that you don't have to be there by yourself. That sometimes in order to be encouraged, you've got to connect with somebody else. You've got to join your faith with theirs. You've got to mingle your desire with their desire to serve the Lord. And you've got to pray one for another. The Bible says tarry one for another. Pray one for another. Come on, I'm telling you the fire is hotter if you'll add more embers and more coals. You can build this thing and encourage everybody. Hallelujah. So can we do that for just a few moments here tonight? We're going to encourage each other in the Lord. We're going to encourage each other in the Lord. Come on, don't don't flatter anybody, but speak faith. Speak the Word of God. Don't tell them what you think. Tell them what He says. That's right. Because if, if, if they base their life and decisions on what you think, it may not go well. But if you can tell them who God is and what the Word says, and remind them of the promises of God that all things work together for the good of them that love God.